Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Emmy Award-winning percussionist Emmaden Rivera. We caught up with him from his base in the Bronx to talk about his impressive new 2021 CD, Tropical Turbulence, dedicated to his late great friend Dave Valentin. This cat is a highly respected and accomplished artist in a vast array of contemporary music genres using his unique rhythm percussion on stage and he's done this with legends like stevie wonder harry belafonte sting gregory hines and more he loves music and listening to it over the pandemic gave him inspiration and calm we cover quite a bit of ground in this interview enjoy right on man hey thanks for taking a minute for the show i appreciate it well thank you for doing it you bet man so tropical turbulence is coming out during what we can safely say is a very turbulent time on planet earth with COVID-19 and everything else going on. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel about putting music out into the world during this particular time. Well, that's the only thing that kept me going, actually, to tell you the truth, the music. I mean, without the music, I would have been, like, crazy depressed, you know? Yeah. I, I listen to music 24-7, and music is life. I mean, what else can I say? That's what kept me going all along was the music, listening to music playing music, practicing every night at the house, you know, keeping the brain occupied. I think that's kind of an anthem for this entire pandemic. I mean, we talk about frontline workers, and I don't want to take away from all of the, you know, frontline workers that exist and healthcare and food service and all that. But man alive, artists from visual to auditory to TV and film, if we didn't have that, this would have been an inordinately dark time in our history. Yeah, I agree. I agree, definitely. I just, I don't understand how some people could be without it, actually. You know, I would go to, a, a let's say, a restaurant or a venue someplace where they're eating and there's no piped-in music. There's no, it's like, and I would, I would say to my kids, okay, what's missing here? And they would look at me and say, music. i say, you're right. <laughs> While you're working, whatever, whatever you're doing, you're driving, whatever you're doing, you have to listen to music. It relaxes you. It just, it's just everything. It's life. It's life for me. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about, um, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's patients, and there was a viral video that came out of a, a jazz musician who had Alzheimer's, and he heard one of his songs and they wanted him to play the keyboard, and he just immediately went back into that chamber in his brain and picked it right back up. And it happens a lot. I mean, music yeah. therapy is a big, big thing, and if yeah. you can go back to that happy place, man, you're golden. Yeah, that's correct. Music heals people, you know. It certainly does. It, it, it's a necessary. I know it is for me. You have a power lineup on here. Um, you, have, you have so many esteemed cats that are on here. I can just tell by listening through this several times, you guys were having a really good conversation. You were having a great time. And it did sound like it was a therapeutic meeting of, of music minds. Yes, we did. Now, the, if you notice, I'm playing percussion kit. Are you familiar with that? A little bit, yeah. It's a, it's a way of playing drums and conga simultaneously. So for this record, that's what I wanted to do. That's what, that's what I wanted to show that you're able to play congas and drums at the same time. And I had a problem with the, with, with, with the, the text because they were like, nobody's going to know you're playing all that at the same time. And I said, I, I understand that, but 
I easily could do the record like everybody else does it. You know, they lay down the congas, then they'll lay the drums down, then they'll lay the shakers, and they'll, you know, they'll do the whole routine, and it'll sound great. But for my record, for my first record under my name, I wanted to do it the hard way. And that was playing congas and drums at the same time. So what you hear on this album, 99% of it, is, that's what's happening, especially Butterfly. If you listen to Butterfly, you can tell I'm playing everything at the same time. It's about it to do, but <clears throat> I wanted to do this album that way. I could, and it's great you did illuminate that, and, and I'm glad that the listener is going to understand that because I was like, it, it, it's kind of like the beginning of Panama. You're like, is Alex doing that? You know, is that like, because there's a lot of percussion going on. You're like, how is that happening? So, yeah, I, I could tell that it was pretty heavy um, in the beginning. Um, you know, in the liners, you specifically dedicate this album to the memory of Dave Valentin. Talk to me about the first big break he gave you. What was that? Well, Dave was, uh, back in the day, he's from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. We're all here. He was the first person to, to give me like a, a gig, like a real gig. You know what I'm saying? Like a, like a gig, a noticeable, noticeable gig. He was the first one to give me that opportunity. His percussionist, which Rafi de Jesus, I think his name was, he passed away. He went out to play with, with um, Eartha Kitt or somebody like that. So he asked me if I could sit in for him, and I did. That's how I started playing with Dave. He's a beautiful person. He, you know, no, no, uh, well, he was a beautiful person. He's passed. But he, he, he was down to earth, always giving people opportunities to play, you know. No attitude great personality so i dedicated this record to him and if you notice there's a lot of flute players on it talk to me a little bit about how the seeds of not only music but jazz got into you to make you into the musician you are today i was living in puerto rico i was playing latin music in puerto rico and once i came to the to the states um this guy called me up. If, to, I, oh, I was in the Air Force, and I met Rick while I was in Rome, New York. And then I went back to Puerto Rico, and from Puerto Rico, I stayed a couple of years playing drums over there, and I got a call from Rick to come to, to the States to back up this guy named Randy Loren. And at the time, Rick was playing, I believe, with, with Lou Rawls, and the bass player was uh, Psycho Pistorius, and the Drama was a great lineup. So he called me to back up this other guy named Randy Lorenzo. I came, and once I came to the States here, he was a jazz player. And that's he introduced me to jazz. And I started playing with jazz bands, big bands, and all that type of stuff. That's how I got introduced to jazz when I came here by Mother Bono. What was the first live show you saw that just blew your doors down, that made you think, man, that's what I want to do? <laughs> that was Dave Valentine actually playing at the bottom line. When I went to the bottom line, he, I noticed he had two percussionists. He had a percussionist playing toys, and he had a percussionist playing congas, and he had the drummer. But the drummer was playing like if he was playing timbales. When I saw these three cats playing, the one that caught my eye was the guy that was playing toys. I said, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to start playing toys. So right then and then, you know, not knowing that I, I would eventually be playing with Dave. But right there, I, I, I said, that's what I want to play. I want to play I want to play toys. I want to do the toy thing. So on this album, you hear a lot of toys. And 
and that's uh, actually I'm known for having toys. I did some work with uh, National Geographic doing sound effects. On the record, if you, did you hear the last uh, um, well, the track 11, The Rainforest? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's all toys. So that's what turned me on to toys, the Dave Valentine gig at the bottom line, now that you said that. So did you always want to be a musician, or did you have other dreams and aspirations? I always wanted to be a musician. I'm, I knew it because when I was a young kid, my father and my uncles, they would play guitars and bongos, and they had this guy named Ernie playing bongos with them. They had like a trio, and the bongos turned me on, and I was like, okay, and Ernie started giving me lessons, and that's what started me off. And before that, I remember back in the day when uh, I would get sick, my mother would buy me toys, and the toys she would buy me were toy banacas, toy bongos, toy tambourines, and I guess that started me with the with the percussion thing. But I've always wanted, I've, that's all, this is all I've done all my life, and this is all I wanted to do, so... You know, I'm a happy camper, even though there's no work, there's nothing happening. I'll never stop this. I've been in it too long now. We haven't been working for, what, two years or whatever? You know, this opening up now. So, you know, over the years, you've worked with some heavy cats from Stevie Wonder, Harry Belafonte, Sting, Gregory Hines, on and on. What have you learned from these heavy names and heavy people in the industry that have in turn helped you teach younger players that are around you? I'll tell you a story about uh, Harry Balafonte. I went to audition for him, and we were at a theater, and he was the first, he was sitting in the audience. When I went to audition, he got up, got a chair, and put the chair right in front of me, which I've not, that's, I mean, I've done auditions before and, and never has anybody done that. He can't put a chair in front of me, sat down, he said, he looked at an instrument, he said, pick up that instrument and play something for me. It would be like a check so I would pick up the check and play a pattern for him. And then he would say, okay, uh, pick up the bongos and play. And th- that was the audition. <laughs> I wow. was like, what? <laughs> Talk about, I was like nervous. I mean, nobody's, done. I mean, come and put a chair in front of my face and sit down and tell me to play different things. But that was the audition. I got the gig, though. That's my experience. Beautiful. But, but, but a great person. Great person. Another person that was fantastic was Gregory Hines. A story about him was we were out in California, and uh, there would be a limo and there would be a van to come pick us up. Gregory would tell us, "Okay, you guys get in the limo, and I'll get in the van." That's what type of person. <laughs> That's, he was down to earth. His father's, but they were all like really real people. And then again, I don't want to name no names, but I've played with artists where you know they are it. You know what I'm saying? They're the artists, and you you just below them. But Gregory, Belafonte, people like that that know that they that they're great already. They have nothing to prove. They're beautiful human beings. I I heard someone the other day talking about a Hall of Fame ceremony, and they were talking about people like that that are truly the best in what they do, and they genuinely tend to be some of the most down to earth people because it's just like you said, there's nothing to prove. They're, they're comfortable in their own skin. And they're humans, and they respect that human quality in everybody. Yeah, yeah, and that's so true. That's true. I guess the ones that have the attitudes are the ones that are not sure of themselves, you know, have to prove. But, uh, you know, yeah, I've had, I've had different, different, different locations with different people. But I love it. Yeah. 
So, you know, as you've mentioned, the world of live music is shut down. I mean, it's coming back. And there's been so much that's been altered over this time that we've gone through COVID. What's kept you going? What what light have you grabbed onto that's given you the hope as we do wake up and get back to life? Like I said, the music. That's that's it. I mean, to occupy what I did for the COVID thing, I actually, too, I started working on my house. You know, so I would work on my house, listening to music at the same time. And that's that's what would keep me occupied. And just, you know, praying that everything will open up again and, and we will start working again and that people now, since they've been without music for a long time, will go out and listen to live music. Enough with the I'm not I'm not down in the D days or anything like that, but contract live musicians for your weddings. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you don't have a wedding, get a live band. If you're gonna do a club, live musicians. There's nothing like that. We got to get back to people hiring live musicians. And the I mean, it's, it's got to get that way. Because I do a lot of other things. You know, I do weddings. I do whatever it needs to be done to make a living. Yeah. Sometimes I just go out and play percussion with 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 a DJ. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. So my question, kind of piggybacking off that notion, when we do return an artist, what do you hope both musician and the audience realizes about the true power of live music when we get back to it. I'm hoping that they realize that that, that without music, there's no fun. No fun without music. With live, with no fun without live music. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that that they're all hungry now for real music, and they'll go out and they'll support musicians. That's what I'm hoping will happen at this point in my life. And I'm hoping the phone starts ringing like crazy. You know. Yeah. You know, you've been pretty celebrated over your career. You have, uh, you're a five-time Emmy Award winner. I don't want to know what award you like the most. That's nev- never a fair question. But my question to you is, what award surprised you the most? What accolade just kind of threw you for a loop and you didn't expect it? I would say that there's, there was a show on television called um, uh, Studio Jams. Um, 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 BET, and I was doing that show a lot. And then they they had this this, this call you call in or whatever you write up who's the best of what. So I won best in, inspiring specialist from that, and I won that twice. And I wasn't expecting that. That's that's that was surprising to me that I won that most inspiring specialist. And the five Emmys that I have, they're like for HBO, PBS. They're all like. Uh, uh, not they're like biographies of different players, mostly sports. So there's a. Are you familiar with Brian Kane? Yeah, he's a, a guitar player and he's a producer and he has a studio. So I've been doing work for him for years, and I walked into the studio one day. He has so many awards all over the place. And I said, then Brian. What do I need to do to get one of these things? And he looked at me and said, what, you don't have any? I said, no. He said, you're on half of these things. I said, what? He said, yeah. So all this time that I've been recording, <laughs> and he's been using my stuff on different things, you know. So he he I got he sent me five, and I'm waiting to get some more. But that's how I got my answer. <laughs> I if I didn't say anything to him, I would have never got them. But I wow. worked all the PBS and CBS, HBO, all the stuff he's been doing for them. He was using my stuff. Wow. Wow. That's wild, man. Um, 
So let's say you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger self around the time that you were going to become a professional and start going after it. And you could give yourself one piece of advice based on what you've learned through all of your years. What would you tell your younger self? Realize where you're at at the time. Because when I was starting this thing, I didn't have a clue when I came to New York who I was playing with, you know, who who who, who the who the cats were. In other words, I didn't know. Well, I mean, Harry Belafonte. I didn't know all these all these great people. I didn't really know who they really were. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I think I wasn't really 100% ready. But for the young kids out there, know where you're at and know who you're playing with. You know, appreciate it and and, and give it all you have. But I I, I got in, but I, I really at the moment. I thought I wasn't ready for any of that stuff. And now I realize, you know what? The gigs that I let go, I should have never let them go. I should have stayed with them. Because in this business, they'll call you maybe twice. After that, they don't call you again. I got a call to do uh, Messier Parker. And I was auditioning for Al all at the same time. And I told Messier that I couldn't go because I was getting ready to do a tour with Al Demiola. And I learned a big lesson. Never let a recording session go thinking that you might have a tour coming up with somebody else. Long story short, I didn't get the tour. So I lost a recording session with myself, and he never called back to do anything. So that's another thing. If you have something real, stay with it. If somebody calls you for a vision or whatever, a record, and, and the other thing is not 100%, go make that money. Make that money because I was big time. Messi never called me back and never I was never on his record. And I never did the Al Demiola tour. I did a tune with him, but I never did the tour because he uh, had his own percussion that he's had for years, and I guess they had a little falling out, and then they got together again. So I lost in this case. <laughs> so I learned never to do that again. Somebody calls me for a session, I'm going to go do that session and audition some other time for somebody else. Why do you love jazz? What is it about jazz music that you love so much? I, I, lo I love all music. I love jazz. I love Latin. I love rock. I love everything. I, it's not, I'm not just a, a jazz. I love everything. I, I mean, jazz is an improvisation. You're improvising all the time. I love that. You know, that's what it is. It comes out of your soul. But I love all sorts of music. I play all sorts of music. So let's say when, you know, everything kind of opens up, you do come to Kansas City and you do play Tropical Turbulence and you do kind of have to sell this show. There's, you know, people are going to have options of live music that they can see, but you can, you can tell people right now what to expect from a live show featuring this album. What would you say? Well, they're going to get a great show. I'm going to bring out my effects and it's going to be crazy. I'm going to have great players with me. If everything is correct. And, you know, put it all out there. I'm hoping that everybody likes it. You know, did, have you heard the whole record, Joe? So far? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've several times. Yeah. I Which is, I, put, I I I drive around to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is your favorite so far? I I really dug Butterfly. Now that you've described what was going down, I think that's one of my favorites. Mm. This is a good tune. That's fun doing that. Do you want to have any covers on my record? But a butterfly, I made that exception and put a cover in there. It changed it up completely. So everything's going to come down to this. Everyone has a perception or an idea of who they think you are. Your family, 
your friends, your fans, but ultimately you're living your life. Who do you think you are? Oh, I, I'm just an ordinary person trying to make a living. That's all, that's all it is, you know. I'm a family guy. That's, that's you know, and, you know, and if something happens, it's great. And if it doesn't happen, it's great, too, because I've done what I love. I've played music all my life, and, and I'm content with that. I love it, man. Hey, man, thank you for taking a minute out to talk about the album and your life and music. It's been wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Joe. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Puerto Rico, the Bronx, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Emma Den for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.